10 to 1, episode 41. Top 10 movie and TV moments that made me cry. Welcome to 10 to 1, a podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And today's list, it's all in the title. All those bittersweet moments that have really made you choke up or at least made you had to turn your face away, perhaps in Brian's case, so that nobody could see there were a few tears in your eyes. Nice But try. not outright crying. Nice try. I don't cry at movies. No, you don't. But so this, you have gotten a little, little very, choked up. A this would be a very times. short list if I took it <laughs> strictly. But I just made it sad moments. Yeah. For me. For me, these are moments that some of these movies, no matter how many times I watch them, they always make me cry. And others, I've only seen them once, but it's such a powerful moment. So. Sad or glad, as the case may be, that uh, I think it will probably always make me choke up. Gotcha. All right. Well, why don't I start with my number 10? Yeah. This is going to be great. I love all these moments. <laughs> no matter how happy or sad they are. My number 10. Oh, and I guess we should say full spoilers for, oh, yes. for all of these things. Uh, yeah. So we'll mention... We'll mention what it's from before we talk about the actual moment. So just skip that number if you're if you haven't seen it. Right, and most of mine at least are are from older things. I yeah, I'd say most of mine, almost all but one, I think, are gonna be from pretty old stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have one from 2015. But other than that, it's older things. So anyway, my number ten is from the Twilight Zone. It's an episode, The Changing of the Guard. Hey, I almost cons- this one almost made my list. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much just recency bias, I think. Perhaps. That I was thinking about it because it, yeah. we just watched this episode recently. But if you haven't seen it, it's, uh, it's the story that you've probably seen on some other things where there's a, an old teacher. He's been teaching at this college for a really long time. And then... He's going to be pushed into retirement and not unkindly. No, but it's time for him to retire. Yeah. And he's sad about that and doesn't think he's really made any impact on any of the students. And so as happens in the Twilight Zone, there's this sort of supernatural uh, moment where a bunch of students that he's had throughout all the years as a teacher appear in his classroom and start telling him, about all the things that he taught them. How they inspired him. Right. He inspired them to go do great things with their lives. Right. And he might not have thought that they were paying attention or learning anything, but they actually were. And so, yeah, it's just a a nice moment. It's a feel-good moment. Right, right. Nice moment where this man realizes he did did spend his life in a worthwhile way. Right. Making investments in others. We don't realize the effect our lives have. On other people, but it's always sweet to see things like that where people say how how you've influenced them and affected them in a good way. 
So that's my number 10 from the Twilight Zone episode, The Changing of the Guard. Okay. My number 10 comes from a movie that we just watched, finished watching Tuesday, I think, of this week. And okay. it's called The Green Mile, oh, starring wow. Tom Hanks. The, it was really close between this one and another and one of my honorable mentions. But uh, I'll get to that later. This one in The Green Mile is the story of four prison guards, and they are in charge of the death row victims, so or, or prisoners, I guess, not victims. So it shows how these four guards, uh, they try to treat these prisoners as humanely as possible uh, as they're le- being led up to their execution. And then... In comes this really big prisoner, and it turns out you discover that he's innocent, and he's going to be put to death for a crime that he didn't commit, and he's just a really nice guy. So you feel bad about that, and the movie's been building up through to this the whole the whole time. And finally, as the prisoner is being led to his execution, his name is John. He's telling of a dream that he had where. Uh, and he's trying to comfort the prison guards who have gotten pretty attached to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's telling them of a dream where everything was happy, and he was uh, with some others who have passed on that they knew, and and uh, just kind of painting this little picture of heaven or whatever. And then a little bit later in the movie, the main character, Paul Edgecombe, is telling, how, telling this lady... Uh, throughout the whole movie, he's been telling this story to this lady. And he's telling her how he's lived longer than everybody else that he knows. He's watched all his friends and his family die. And he's going to have to watch her die as well. And <laughs> right. then the movie shifts to her in the coffin. And it's just so sad hmm. realizing that he's going to outlive everybody and he doesn't know how long this is going to continue and how heartbreaking that is. That I mean, he still is a really sweet old man, but he's just cursed in that sense that he'll never, he'll always have to suffer watch, watching his loved ones die and his family and friends. So that's mm-hmm. my number 10, The Green Mile. Hmm. I thought the saddest part in that movie was when they're, executing john coffee and he asked him not to put a hood over his face because he's scared of the dark yeah i, I thought that was the saddest part that was the part that got me all right my number nine and i guess i should say that i guess i put them in i somewhat put these in order of how sad they were but don't read into into the order too much yeah i put mine in how sad they are to me yeah all right my number nine I haven't seen this for a really long time, but I remember it being really sad. Cartoon Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> oh Did you ever my watch goodness, this? yes. Over and over, never once choked up. Yeah, you don't remember the part where Frosty the Snowman goes into the greenhouse with a little girl. And but we know he's all gonna. We all know he's gonna come back. Not the first time you watch it. Nope. I don't think I ever choked up on this. Not even as a little kid. Yeah, and it's warm in there, and he's made of snow, so he's going to melt. But the little girl's going to get hypothermia, so yeah, he stays in there with her. And then 
Uh, it, the action shifts away as little, our little rabbit runs away to go get Santa Claus. It makes sense in the cartoon, I promise. <laughs> little rabbit runs away to go get Santa Claus and brings him back into the greenhouse. And the little girl's crying because Frosty the Snowman melted. He's just a puddle on the ground. Wow. Nope. Never. What, what sacrifice from Frosty? Very sad. I guess, if anything, I was more moved by the movie Frozen, where Olaf is saying, I'm, I'll melt for you, Anna, if it means helping to save your life. Yeah, that was nice, but, but he didn't actually do it. That would, yeah. If he had actually done it, that would have been really sad. <laughs> you know? So. Not that I that... don't know. <laughs> never, never got choked up over Frosty. Well, you have a heart of stone. Because that's my number I nine. guess I do. Yeah, and by or the way... Or maybe it just goes to show that movies and TV don't make me sad. <laughs> All that often I had to really reach for one. <laughs> Perhaps that's true as well. Uh, okay, so for you listeners, any of my friends that really know me know I'm a pretty hard-hearted girl, okay? I don't really get choked up that's about true. too many things. And, uh, like... My parents are missionaries. I don't get to see them very often. People always say, oh, that must be so hard. Well, no, it's not too bad. I mean, I, I miss my parents, but I don't not weep to into tears. my pillows. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different emotion. And so, I mean, same goes with movies. It's really got to be powerful to really impact me. So. Uh, I'd say you cry... A decent amount for movies and TV shows. Not compared to most of my girlfriends. Maybe so. Just gonna lay that out there. And that's not a bad thing. I'm just saying. I'm a little hard-hearted than more of most of my girlfriends. Right. So, with that being said, moving on to my number nine. It is from the TV show Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And it's from the most, either the most recent episode or the second most and it's called The Lying Detective. And Watson has just lost his wife, Mary. She'd been shot in the previous episode, and he's been uh, really having a hard time dealing with her, her loss. He's really been grieving over it, especially because just before she was shot, he had been somewhat cheating on her with another woman. He hadn't been actually sleeping with another woman, but he was uh, texting her and flirting with her. Mm -hmm. And so he's really dealing with this guilt in addition to his grief because he really did love his wife. Uh, and he, you know, regrets. Re regrets what he did. And so finally, at the end of The Lying Detective, he breaks down and tells Sherlock... And Sherlock, who is not an emotional character, hugs Watson. And it's just a really powerful moment where you see hmm. Sherlock having a, a spark of humanity in him. And he really feels for Watson. And he's just trying to be there for him. And and Watson is just crying out his grief on, on Sherlock's shoulder. And they're just being best buddies. And hmm. so that's that's a really good moment, I thought. That's my number nine. From Sherlock Holmes. All right. Yeah, that was a good moment. My number eight is from another cartoon. And there's, <laughs> there's still another couple coming up after this. So this is from Monsters, Inc. And 
It's from pretty close to the end of the movie. I don't know, maybe 10 minutes from the end where uh, Sully has to take Boo back to her, back to her bedroom and he leaves her there and closes the closet door and she jumps up yeah like she's playing a game with him and goes to open the door and he's not there anymore just a closet again so i haven't seen this movie in like well we watched it since we've been married we watched it since we've been married and i mean it didn't make me choke up or anything this last time i watched it but i remember the first time i saw it I i thought it was pretty sad it didn't make me choke up the first time I saw it, but I do remember thinking it was very sad. The mis- the lack of understanding on Boo's face, the confusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe ma- maybe having a daughter now. Yeah. It might even be sadder. Yeah. But I put it as my number eight. All Monsters, right. Inc. Sully leaves Boo. All right. My number eight comes from the movie Courageous. So, in hmm. this movie, it's about, and I had forgotten all about this movie till somebody mentioned it recently, mm-hmm. and then I thought, oh yeah, this has got to go on my list. So, it's a movie about, that follows the lives of four policemen, and one of them uh, has this daughter, and she's always trying to get him to, to dance with her and, and do some, uh, have some little do- daddy-daughter time, mm-hmm. and uh, he's kind of busy and uh, sort of focused on his work. Well, then, is it she's in a car accident? I don't remember. Well, she dies anyway, yeah. and very suddenly. And, you know, he's really grief-torn over it, and one time he's sitting in his car, and that song comes on the radio. And that song she wanted to that dance. That she had wanted him to just get out and dance with her right there. Um, and so he gets out and does the dance, picturing her in his arms. Oh, it's making me choke <laughs> up right now. Aww. It is so sad just thinking of the missed opportunity that he had and how he would just do anything to be able to dance with his daughter. That's so sad. It's your turn now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is a good one. I'd forgotten about that one. That's my number eight. And especially now that we have a daughter as well. Yeah. Has that extra impact. All right. My number seven is from Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Can I can I guess which episode? Sure. Is it from The Parting of the Ways? Which one is that? Uh, where Rose and the Doctor are separated. She's oh, no. A, no. Yeah, okay. that is that one is sad. But I put when the tenth doctor regenerates. No, I really did not choke up about that at all. Well, I don't know that I choked up either, but it was sad. No, I wasn't sad either. I was like, he needs to regenerate. He did. It was his time, but it was still really sad. And David Tennant's a good actor. He pulled it off. No, he is a good actor. Very well. So, but I just I was ready for him to regenerate at that point. So yeah, everybody talks about how emotional that was. That did not get me, that's for sure. I thought it was sad. And yeah, I'd, I'd say Doctor Who's had a few few sad moments through the years. Yeah, so it has. There you go. That's my number seven. Doctor Who. All right, my number seven comes from the movie Titanic, which we just mm. watched. Wow. And I watched this a good bit growing up, uh, but uh, finally rewatched it, and I was interested to see if it would have the same emotional impact. Mm-hmm. 
as it did when I was a teenager. It did, but in different ways. Hmm. <laughs> so... When I was a teenager, it was all about the heartbreaking love story. And mm -hmm. now, uh, this time around, it was more about the real meat of the movie, which I wish there had been more of, mm -hmm. where you're seeing the humanity of people as the ship is sinking. So, right. uh, one part that really got to me was, at one point in the movie, uh, you see they're closing off the lower decks, gating them up. And so that people can't get out because they want the upper class mm -hmm. of people to be able to get into the lifeboats first and not be swamped by everybody else, by the lower classes. And you see a mother with her two children, a little boy and a little girl. Mm -hmm. And they ask what's going on. And she's like, shit's going to be okay. And you just see them for a brief instant. And then the movie continues on with the action and following the hero and heroine. Well, then later, it goes through some other scenes as the ship is actually flooding and sinking and the water levels are rising. And you see the water is coming and it's starting to flood a whole bunch of lower rooms. And you see that same mother and she's tucking her little boy and her little girl in bed hmm. and telling them a bedtime story. Yeah, And you realize... She wasn't able to get out because they kept the gates locked. And yeah. she's just doing what she can to reassure her children. That's choking me up all over again. <laughs> I may be weeping on this podcast after all. <laughs> but it's so heartbreaking that that's the best that she can do for them. Mm -hmm. There were a couple other instances. That was the one that really got me in that movie. But a couple other instances there after... Everybody has that's been able to has gotten off the ship, and it, mm -hmm. it has sunk, and there's a few boats that are going back to see if there are any survivors. And the one guy has a flashlight, and he's looking out over the ocean, trying to see if, among all the faces of people that are floating in the water, if any of them are alive. Mm -hmm. And he passes across a mother that had an infant in her arms. Yeah. And they both froze to death. And then the other part is uh, Jack freezing so that Rose can live. <laughs> he stayed in the freezing water so that Rose could stay on the floating debris <laughs> and survive. So. Right. That movie could have been great, but they focused more on the love story between Jack and Rose. So it's, it's not a great movie, but right. it still has some moments that pull up my heartstrings. <laughs> yeah. That's my number seven. All right, my number six, another cartoon. <laughs> and this one, it's got to be, uh, this one is from the music, I think, for the most part. Or a, a, a lot of why it's sad is from the music. And it's got to be the saddest Disney song. It's from The Fox and the Hound. And it's from the part where the old woman is releasing Todd the yeah. fox into the woods and goodbyes like forever yep goodbye it's like forever farewell is like the end and yep really sad music and she's crying as she drives away and he's all happy at first out playing there in the woods and she's saying no we can't play i have to leave you here so sad 
It's a sad part. Yeah, even as a kid, I didn't choke up at that either. <laughs> I bet. I bet I would still. I would still feel a lump in my throat if I watched this again today. <laughs> but I'm not sure if I would actually watch the whole thing. Yeah. Because big most, mama's in there. Most of it's a pretty dumb cartoon. But and guess whose fault it is. That part was good. That part was well done. That's my number six, The Fox and the Hound. All right. Well, I can't really give you grief over that one. That's right. You've told me often how no grief. How that song really gets you in the feels. It does. All right. My number six comes from Lost, the TV show. Uh-huh. Season six, episode nine. So we've had the... Hmm. Fla- Do you want to guess? Uh, no, go ahead. I don't remember. Is that the freighter? Nope. It's been the flashback of Richard Alpert. Oh, and okay. we've seen his whole life and how he's just torn up over having lost his wife. Mm-hmm. And finally there at the end, he just feels he has no other recourse. He's just going to go join the man in black. And instead, Hurley shows up. <laughs> and since Hurley can speak to dead people, uh, he tells him what his wife is saying. And it brings peace to Richard's heart. And that was just a really powerful moment where it's almost as if for an instant there, Richard can hear her. And it just really brings closure to Richard. So <laughs> that's my number six from Lost. Nice. All right. My number five is from a movie I don't think you appreciated as much as you should have. Field of Dreams. Oh, boy. Appreciate is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, the main character goes through the movie... Listening to the whispers that he hears, he you know, builds the baseball field in the middle crazy. of his cornfield. He goes and talks to, goes and finds and talks to different people, has a little road trip. And then uh, at the end of the movie, he kind of gets his reward for uh, doing all these things. And he gets to play catch with his father, who is dead, but because of the magic of the field of dreams... He's alive again, and uh, it's a it's a powerful moment. I suppose it is, and uh, yeah, I think this is one of those moments that you have to be a baseball nut to enjoy. Mm, no, because it's not all about baseball, but I guess it's definitely more of a movie for men, and more of a uh, a movie for not necessarily a movie for men to get sad about. I guess. <laughs> but as far as sad men movies go, this one's this one's pretty close to the top of the list. So anyway, <clears throat> that's my number five. <laughs> Field of Dreams. Playing catch with, Roy playing catch with his dad. I thought it was sad. All right. I know so the men agree far, with me. So far, no crossovers. I wonder if we'll have... I'm sure we'll have one. Yes, we'll have one. All right, my number five comes from Scrooge, the musical. It's a mm. movie from way back when. You've seen that movie. Yeah. I'm just trying and, to think what's really sad and Oh, uh, every time I get I watch this movie. Tiny I Tim, get I guess? choked up. Nope, not about Tiny Tim. Okay. I get choked up about Scrooge missing his uh missing Isabella. Ah. So oh, okay. All right, I love the I love all the music in this movie, but especially there is this one part where 
Uh, the ghost of Christmas past is taking him through uh, his time with Isabella, and uh, they're going on all these happy adventures, and she's singing, and she's... Uh, you just see how she is so happy and brings such joy to his heart. Okay. And then as he turns away from her and grows cold, and finally she leaves him, uh, it reverts back to old Scrooge, and he starts singing, You, you were good for me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it ends with, You, my only hope. You, my only love. And it just is so sad how he's thinking how life could have been so different, the joys he could have had, the fullness of life he could have ha shared with Isabella. Mm -hmm. And he looks back and sees how cold and empty and meaningless his life has really been. And, and as he realizes that and he's singing, you, you, <laughs> you, that without her... Life was meaningless, so that's my number five. It just always makes me choke up. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I never thought that one was that sad, but I suppose I can see it. All right. So for my number four, kind of a partial crossover. I basically just put various lost moments. Okay, yeah. Um, we, I mean, there we, are some really sad moments. Yeah, we had lost. a whole month of worth of lost podcasts. Yeah. So I don't really get into any. I think I said in those that the season three finale is the saddest Charlie. moment. Right. So I guess if I had to pick one moment, that would be my number four. But there's there's a bunch of lost moments that I thought were pretty sad. And I didn't want to list a bunch of them on my list just because we already, right. already trod that ground. So we can move on because that's my lost. number four. <laughs> Various lost moments. Season three finale would be the, the top one. All right. My number four, another partial crossover, comes from the TV show Doctor Who. All right. And, boy, I really had to fight over this one. Okay. I considered, uh, like I guessed for you, the moment when Rose is separated from the Doctor, the Tenth Doctor. That would be my second guess for you. Because I just cried buckets <laughs> when that happened right. and he's like well if it's my last chance to say it <laughs> rose tyler and then he disappears and you're like ah! <laughs> but the one that really gets me like i don't i don't cry over that moment anymore because mm -hmm. i know that she's gonna get to see the doctor again. yeah it's kind of spoiled by yeah future episodes yeah but the one that always gets me every single <laughs> time I watch it is from the episode Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Rose travels back in time with the Ninth Doctor to go see her father, whom she's never known. She gets to see him, and he's this really sweet man. She gets to know him. Eventually, he realizes this is his daughter grown up. Mm -hmm. And the part that really gets me is that earlier in the, in the episode, she had said, He'd asked her, hey, am I a great dad? And she's like, yeah, you take us on picnics and, and you read me bedtime stories. And <laughs> and then eventually he realizes, no, today is the day I die. And he's telling her, I was never there for you. I didn't take you on picnics. I didn't read you bedtime stories. And she's just crying and, <laughs> and just realizing that 
this is all she's ever going to have of her father and the noble selflessness and sacrifice as he realizes that for time to move on and for reality not to be destroyed, he has to die that day. <laughs> and worst of all, he has to go and step out in front of a moving car and die a, a painful death like that. <laughs> and it's just so brave and selfless. and always makes me choke up. That's my number four. Father's Day. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So my number three, this is, I think this was the closest to crying that I got in a movie growing up. So uh, before we got married, before college, and it's from The Wrath of Khan, Star Trek <laughs> episode two. I can see this. It's a pretty nerdy thing to be sad about, no. I suppose. But, no, I'm not uh, going to give you grief on this one. <laughs> it's from the end of the movie where Spock sacrifices himself in a no-win situation. The mm -hmm. only way out is for Spock to expose himself to radiation to save the ship, save the crew, save all of his friends. And in so doing, sacrifices his own life. And, and Jim is just torn up over yep, it. Yep, and it's a real emotional scene. Very well done. Terribly ripped off yes. in the yes. Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh man! Quasi remake. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I went. Uh, I I saw Star Trek Into Darkness first, and then you showed me Wrath of Khan, and I yeah. actually got a little choked up over Wrath of Khan, but not over yeah. Into Darkness. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wrath of Khan had earned it at that point. You'd already had. Uh, whatever it is, 60-some yeah. episodes of the TV show, and then right. uh, another movie, or another couple movies. So that you really understand there's a strong, right. deep bond friendship, of friendship. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, it's not you just really have the, there in, in, the two movies and the, 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 the new one. So. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, pretty sad moment. Another death scene. Yeah. And that's my number three. Yeah, of that's a good one. I I hadn't thought of that, but that's good. Yeah. All right, my number three is the only happy, sad moment. <laughs> happy in that it just, I mean, sad in that it made me cry, but it's a really triumphant, happy moment. Mm. And it comes from Return of the King, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and... Sam and Frodo are on the slopes of Mount Doom, <laughs> and Frodo falls down, and you see him. He's he's struggled as far as he can. He can't go any further. Mm -hmm. And Sam comes up, and he's like, I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I can carry you. <laughs> and he picks him up. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I know, and the music swells so victoriously. <laughs> And it's brave, triumphant Sam to the rescue, carrying him up there one step at a time. Ah, oh, that is such a feel-good moment. Every time I watch it, just, I feel so proud of Sam. <laughs> That's my number three. Nice. Yeah, I had for an honorable mention Return of the King, but actually for the credits. Um, the because song. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I really like the song, and then just... After the emotion of of the movie, it's it's not like a crying kind of sad, but it's sort of a hollowed out inside kind of sad. Yeah. Well, especially so. when you know the story behind the song, 
that uh, one of the main writers or producer's son passed away, and that song was written in memory of him. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> nope, didn't know that. Or if I did, I forgot. Anyway, on to number two. My last cartoon, and it's from a recent movie. It's from Inside Out. I I was going to cry foul if this wasn't on, there, <laughs> on your list. Yeah. Because I was there. I saw it happen. Well, I didn't cry from it, but I was choked up. I did I'll see admit. you have to swallow a minute for a <laughs> couple times, not yep. be able to speak for a little bit. And, yeah, so it's the little girl running away from her parents and the um, parts of her brain, I guess, inside her head. Her emotions. Right, her emotions doing different things. And they're uh, an- anthropomorphous. And they're anthropomorphic. anthropomorphic. But I was going to say the... Anthropomorphi. The, the, the verb form. Anyway, we'll yeah. figure that out later. And the the real sad part, though, is when um, Bing Bong... Her imaginary sac- Sacrifices himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, a lot of these are... Are about sacrifice. Yeah. Here on my list. This one made this one was an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the movie was more moving because we had just recently become parents and had a daughter. And so um Yep, seeing the the little little imaginary friend sacrifice himself. So the Come on, Joy, uh, one more time. I got a good feeling about this one. Yeah, yeah. So and she never realizes until she gets <laughs> to the top of the cliff. Yep. So, that was good. It was a good moment. And a good movie. Probably my favorite Pixar movie. So, that's my number two, Inside Out. All right. My number two. I think when you hear this one, you're going to think maybe it should have been on your list. Okay. It comes from a movie that I didn't love. But, oh, boy, those first five minutes of Up. So. No. Really? I mean, it's it's good. Oh. Okay, so in these in the first five minutes of Up, you see this little boy and this little girl. And uh, they form a, a friendship. And they, they grow up together. And they have all sorts of fun adventures. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little girl especially is, is a real... Uh, tomboy and she is all about adventures and and one day she and and the boy want to go on this big trip uh to somewhere and anyway they they get married and it follows their life as they're uh they're so happy together and they start saving up for that trip that they plan to make together and then (laughs) so then they start thinking about having children and uh, they get all excited, and they're painting a nursery and and setting up a crib and getting all happy. And then all of a sudden, the scene changes from happy music to a gray day in the doctor's office. And Ellie has her ha- head in her hands, and she's crying, and they both look so heartbroken. And you realize they can't have children. Uh, but then the, the sadness uh, goes away as they, uh, you know, the husband... Carl comforts her by saying, well, how about we, we start saving up for that trip that we were going to take? And, <laughs> and so they start uh, 
putting all their spare change into this glass bottle, and they're saving up, and then every time they start making some good progress towards that trip, they have to break the open the jar to, for hospital bills or uh, car repairs or all sorts of other problems. Mm-hmm. Well, they get older, and you just see how much uh, they love each other, and, and they're always smiling at each other, and they're happy together. And one day, they're really old now, Carl notices they never went to that trip, take that trip that they were going to take. And so he, but they finally have the money. And so he buys plane tickets, he packs a picnic lunch, and he takes Ellie out to their favorite hill. And you can tell he's going to give the surprise to her on that hill. And then as they're going up the hill, she falls down. And you realize she had a heart attack. And all of this is jam-packed into five minutes or Mm -hmm. less. And there's no dialogue. It's all just music and scenes. You get a very brief scene of her in the hospital and him kind of getting to say goodbye, holding her hand. And then it goes to him sitting in an empty empty church by a coffin. And he just looks so sad and lonely. (laughs) And you see how he just really is missing his dear wife, the love of his life. And you you feel so happy over the happy life that they had. But on the other hand, it's just so heartbreaking how sad and empty he looks. So I have watched this scene over and over on YouTube. I, (laughs) I tell you, back to back. And no matter how many times I watch a stinking scene... It always makes me cry, and I'm just a mess of tears by the end of it. So that is my number two from Up. Yeah, that is a that is a sad moment. All right, on to my number one, and I guess it's a yeah. crossover. You know, we both knew this was yeah. going to be on each other's list, and probably number one. Yep. Yeah, I figured it would be number one. Schindler's, Schindler's list. list. The whole movie. Pretty much the whole movie, <laughs> but uh, the saddest part for me was. At the end, when he is leaving the factory, and they're thanking him, and he's realizing, uh, you know, maybe I could have done more. Could I have yeah. done more to save just a few just more one lives? Just more person, even. Right. And, yeah, that that was yeah. the part that, that got me the most. And I did actually cry from this movie. I think that yeah. that's a first for me. And, uh, yeah, the whole whole movie is really sad. And that that's the climax. It's a movie you, you everybody needs to watch. It's a really yeah. Yeah. sobering movie, but it's a good one. I think the ones that really stick out to me, I did cry uh, for the moment that you mentioned and a lot of other moments in the movie, but the two that really stuck out to me were uh, the Jewish people have been herded into this ghetto and they've been forced to live there for a little while. Well, now they're being herded out into the street to be taken away to concentration camps. Hmm. And there's a bunch of old people Uh, in kind of this little hospital or whatever. And the nurses and doctors have prepared little cups of poison for them to drink because they know that when the Germans come, they're just going to kill them. They're Mm -hmm. just going to kill the old people because they wouldn't survive in the death camps anyway. And so... The concentration camps. And so one part especially is where 
they give this this cup of poison to an old lady, and she gives such a look of gratitude mm-hmm. and relief at the nurse. And then seconds later, after they've all died, the Nazis burst in and they shoot viciously shoot up all the old people in their beds. Mm-hmm. It's it's really horrifying, and and just that that woman would be so grateful at being able to be killed peacefully mm-hmm. is is really a horrifying thing to think about and yep. made me choke up. The other part was when they're all in the concentration camps, the men in one and the women in another, but uh, they'd been, you know, at least allowed to keep their children with them. And at one part, the men and the women are called out into this area and they're made to strip off their clothes and run around in, a, in uh, around the square for several minutes. Mm-hmm. And finally, they're allowed to put their clothes back on and, and they're all happy and rejoicing that, you know, nothing really bad happened. Uh, and then they realize while they were being made to do all of that, all their children were being herded up by the Nazis yeah. and put into these trucks to be taken off to death camps. Mm-hmm. And and the panic, the horror, as the parents rush for the trucks trying to get at their children, you see a very few of the children manage to be very clever and hide some, in, some of them in uh, a couple of the stoves for that they used for heat, right. some of them in the latrines. Right. A very few managed to hide, but most of them were herded onto the trucks. And, oh, man, especially being a parent, (laughs) I felt panicky just watching that, Mm -hmm. thinking if that were me and I saw my little child being taken onto a a truck Mm -hmm. and I would never see her again. (sighs) Schindler's List. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. What a movie. <sighs> That's a really, hmm. really sobering, dark one to end on, but it had to be number one. Yeah. Did you have any honorable mentions? Uh, only honorable mentions I had. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the, King, Return of the King, I already mentioned, and another one from childhood, The Lion King. It was pretty yep. sad when... <laughs> Mufasa, Mufasa dies. dies. So I have an honorable mention to that. Simba goes and tugs on his ear and come on, mm-hmm. Dad, get up. Yeah, I bet that yeah. one would be more sad for me now as a parent than it was as a child. That one just got pushed off the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I don't know if it would make me choke up anymore, but it used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know all, all the other times that I watched it, it used to. Uh, it might be different now that I'm an adult, but who knows. That one, uh, Changing of the Guard, like you said, from Twilight Zone, Bing Bong, (laughs) Sacrificing Himself. Uh, Another one is from Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon, Uh, Beast Almost Dying. That that has made me choke up a couple times. (laughs) Uh, Another one is from Big Hero 6, when (laughs) Baymax sacrifices himself Hmm. in order to save the boy from that, I don't know, Twilight Zone or whatever it is that he's in. (laughs) And and the boy is all choked up because he thinks he's, you know, that robot was all he had left of his brother. And now he thinks he's going to have nothing. And then you realize that 
Baymax thought even of that and sent the memory cartridge or whatever along with the glove that was used to get Hero out of there. So that was good. Last but not least is from the TV show Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Oh, yeah. Right at the end, Jonathan Strange has been trapped in some other world, some fairy realm, I guess. And he's able to communicate with his wife uh, for a brief moment, uh, talking through a pool of water. She can see his reflection. And in the reflection, he puts his hand on her shoulder. And she looks down, and his hand is not, isn't there on her shoulder in real life. <laughs> and, and you see she's all torn up about it. So, yep, those are my honorable mentions. Nice. All right, well... Looking forward to all of you letting us know moments that have gotten you choked up on TV or movies. Yeah, or if there's some really good emotional movies that you don't want to spoil the moment for us, but uh, you know you want to share that movie with us, let us know about it, and we'd love to go watch it. So I'm really looking forward to some feedback on this episode. Yeah, so you can give us that feedback by emailing us tto at coser.us or go to, to our website tto.coser.us slash 42 leave a comment there for us and uh yeah always good to get feedback from people our next episode is going to be pieces of financial advice so things that i wish i had known about finances when i got out of college so hopefully that'll be useful to some people tune in for that next time until then, I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And you've been listening to 10 to 1. Okay, so as we were gearing up for this episode, we started watching a bunch of movies that everybody agrees are sad. And so one of those was... I wanted to rewatch Titanic and mm -hmm. see if it was still sad yep. and watch stuff. Watch the Green Mile. Yep. And another one that we watched that everybody says <laughs> is really wonderful and really sad. The Notebook. What a sucky movie. <laughs> we did not cry at all. In fact, we made no. fun of this movie pr for pretty much the whole time. Yeah. The characters aren't real. Yeah. They're not relatable at all. They make stupid, stupid decisions. Right. Yeah. The very end. Very end. The very end is fine. It's fine. Yeah. But other than but that, but it's too little, too late. Yeah. Not even James Garner could save that movie. Boy, this movie gets a one star rating, yeah. partially because it claims to be so much more. Everybody says it's the greatest thing, and it. I had this whole idea built up that it was going to be, I mean, if not, I, I knew it was going to be a chick flick, and so therefore a little corny, but I thought it was it was going to get me in the feels, and boy, <laughs> I hated this movie. I hated the girl. I hated the guy. Mm -hmm. There were so many things that could have made this movie better, and instead they went with the popular don't marry the rich guy who will provide for you. No, go marry the bum who will supposedly make you happy. He's your soulmate. <laughs> if you don't marry him, you're missing out. You'll never be happy in life again. Yeah. And that's 
bunk and garbage for all of, the, all of you out there that <laughs> think there's only this one who can ever make me happy. No, the one who can make you happy is the one you marry. That's true. So don't marry until you're ready. <laughs> and don't say, don't mm. say yes to somebody who proposes to you unless you are absolutely stinking sure you are going to get engaged to this person. And then it was so awful. Let me just rant a little bit more. Okay. Every time that one of the side characters found out, oh, so-and-so is cheating on me, they were fine with it. Yeah. Noah's girl that he was sleeping with. Turns out she just wants to meet Allie and see what a wonderful girl he is that could have stolen Noah's heart. Yeah. And Allie's fiance, go follow your heart. I mean, I want you if you'll have, if I can have all of you, but otherwise you just need to go follow your heart. No, 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 no. People do not react like that <laughs> in real life. This whole movie was just a stupid fantasy that is not even close to real life. Yeah. And it sucked. 